yourself a merry little Christmas Let your heart be light Next year all our troubles will be out of sight Have yourself a merry little Christmas Make the Yuletide gay Time now for Hear Me Out with your host, Betsy Esparza. Hear Me Out is brought to you by Front Street Books, your hometown independent bookstore. The Omicron variant of COVID-19 accounts for three quarters of the new cases in in the United States, the Centers for Disease Control announced yesterday. It was Thanksgiving when we first learned about its discovery by South African scientists, and now at Christmas, we're dealing with what appears to be the fastest spreading variant thus far. What it is and what it isn't is hard to pin down when it comes to Omicron. For example, is it or is it, isn't it less severe? Well, that depends. As it turns out, we have access to someone who can answer these questions Inasmuch as the data holds up, it's changing daily. When I asked her Saturday to come on the show today, for example, she agreed, noting that what she knew then was going to change by the time this show airs today. Dr. Michaeline Duclef is a global health correspondent for National Public Radio's Science Desk, where she reports about disease outbreaks and children's health. She has a doctorate in chemistry from the University of Berkeley, California, In 2015, Dr. Duclef was part of the team that earned a Peabody Award for its coverage of the Ebola outbreak in West Africa. As a science journalist, Duclef has reported on a broad range of topics, from vaccination fears and the microbiome to beer biophysics and dog psychology. She lives here in Alpine and has spent today talking about Omicron on National Public Radio. Dr. Duclef, welcome. Oh, thank you for having me. First of all, what is the prevailing thought in terms of the severity of Omicron as of today? So, you know, I think this is kind of the big lingering question that every scientist that I talk to wants to um, figure out, but also is kind of you know, not willing to really make a firm answer on Mm -hmm. just because we have a not great data, but I will tell you what we do, what we do know, what we do see. And that is that, that it does look less severe than Delta by a certain amount, a pretty significant amount in a population that has seen the virus in some way. Mm -hmm. So that's either through vaccine or through prior infection or prior infections, multiple infections. So in this population, which I'm really talking about South Africa, probably other parts of, of Africa, um, there's lower ho- a lower hospitalization rates with Omicron compared to Delta, and the people that do end up in the hospital seem to be recovering a little bit quicker and um, require less intensive care. Now, the big question is, is what happens when you move this variant into a population that doesn't have this prior exposure and immunity and also has more risk factors for severe disease. And I think that that's what we're all really waiting to find out. You know, there's actually a study that no one talks about 
that I haven't even reported on um, in Malawi, which is right north of South Africa, where they saw very little, basically no hospitalizations, no deaths with the Delta Mm -hmm. wave. Mm -hmm. And if you looked at that and said, you would say, oh, well, Delta is not severe, (laughs) you know? Um, So we just really have to wait and see. I think um, there's also some interesting reports in the lab and laboratory studies that look like the Omicron behaves a little bit differently in the upper respiratory tract where it's probably likely really aggressive. So in your nose and in your throat and might be less aggressive in the lungs. And that would also point to less severe disease, but again, in a population that can clear out that upper respiratory infection. So with prior immunity. Sure. So let's back up just a little bit and talk about what it means uh, in terms of the scientific method. So when I'm, when I talk about what the data means today, because I'm saying it sort of, sort of tongue in cheek, but the fact is that things are going to continue to change. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so like science, this is the way science works. It's fantastic because we're seeing it kind of work at lightning speed. You know, it, it typically works this way over like years and decades, but with, with um, Omicron, especially we're seeing the scientific method work really fast. And what happens is you get some data and you make a hypothesis, right? Mm-hmm. The right. hypothesis right now is that it's less severe in this, you know, particular population. And then you, that's your hypothesis. And then you collect more data. And does the data support that? Does it, you know, refine your hypothesis? Does it change your hypothesis? I think people have, people have problems with this, right? Because it's like we're, the data point us in a direction, but that could shift a bit. Um, you know, as a reporter, I try to really stick to ideas that have support from multiple directions. Right. Um, and because those tend to tend to be more correct, right? Right, more solid. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and we're also really careful about not saying, you know, this is less severe because that could have major repercussions, right? I mean, I think what is definitely clear is that the people that are in the hospital in South Africa, there are people hospitalized with Omicron, um, but doctors there say those are unvaccinated people. This is very clear that being vaccinated is is going to really protect you in this next wave that's coming. Um, and and in that report that you referred to earlier from the CDC, Texas was a major player in that report. Mm. It, it's a it's a it's a hot spot for Omicron right now. I was surprised to see that, but um, so it's definitely coming. It's a very fast spreading virus. That is very clear. Um, you know, Delta doubled every two weeks, 10, to 10 days to two weeks. This doubled in cases and Omicron doubles every two to three days. So this, this, um, this is a, is so fast. Every, every scientist I talk to just says it's so fast. And uh, when we were talking Saturday, um, we, you were talking about even the incubation period is is I don't know if the right way to say it is quicker. It seemed like uh, when we first um, yeah. we first uh, heard of COVID, we were quarantining for like seven to ten days to as an incubation period to find out if you were infected or not. Now that's more like three that's days. Right. Yeah, so we've seen kind of this progression. So the original version of the virus, like you said, you know, you could it could be like nine days and you could still not, you know, maybe you could still have it. Um, this, this incubation period was a lot longer. And then with Delta, it shortened a bit. And now, yes, it definitely looks like with Omicron, most people, um, you know, become infected and, and test positive at around three to four days. So, and that fits with this idea that it's really aggressive and fast moving in your 
um, upper respiratory tract. So it's in, infecting your respiratory tract much faster, um, which is good in some ways because people are also recovering a little faster, right. so they get over it after six days. That's why it also moves so fast, right? Um, but it means, like, once you know you have it and you've tested, you know, there's not much time to quarantine and protect others, right? Right, right. So, um, so then it would move through the population more quickly as well because of this, all, all of that sort of pointing in the same direction. That's exactly right. And, and move through the home too. And I think that this is something that I've been thinking a lot about. So in the UK, they have some data that shows that people pass it on to their family members about three times more often or three times as many people with Omicron than is with Delta. And I think this is some of it because it's so fast. You get it and you've already infected you mm-hmm. know, people that are in your household. And to me, this was the reason I went and got a booster because I didn't want to bring it into the home and infect my mom, who's 75 and, you know, has has risks um, because it moves so fast. Right. So when the pandemic started in, you know, 2020, we knew so little about COVID. And, you know, we shut down schools and businesses and that kind of thing. And so I think there's a, there's sort of a fear that it feels like we're going back to square one, but we really know so much more than we did two years ago. Yeah. And, you know, if you've had COVID and you've had a vaccine or, or, or you've, you know, just had the vaccine, your body knows COVID way more than it did in 2020, sure. right? Like we were all like totally naive um, to it and, and our bodies are so much better prepared. So, you know, right now the vaccines aren't great, probably aren't so great at stopping an infection, But what they're really good at is if you do get infected, of, like, attacking that infection and clearing it out really quickly. And that's what's going to keep you out of the hospital. And that's what we didn't have in 2020. So we're definitely not starting from scratch. Um, We have a lot of immunity in this country between infections and and or vaccines. You know, probably at least 80 percent of the country has some immunity to it. So, so we're in a we're in a much better place now than we were then. Much 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 better, much better. Exactly. I think we just have to be mindful of those people that are at high risk. That's right. what I feel like, you okay. know, and who are really vulnerable to being hospitalized and you know having long term repercussions. Because the other thing we we don't discuss much with Omicron is long COVID, right? Mm-hmm. And, right. Um, and luckily, it looks like long COVID is less is less likely. When you have more mild illnesses, you can still get long COVID after mild infections, but it tends to be worse with with more severe infections. So again, like being vaccinated is going to, you know, really also protect you from that. Okay, let's talk a little bit more about um, kind of what beha- what behavior trends we might be looking toward after we take just a quick commercial break. Front Street Books needs to be your first stop for field guides. Shop early. They're super stocked with holiday inventory. Pick up that field guide. Journals are a good mystery for nighttime reading. They have all the bestsellers and a wonderful children's room loaded with treasures. Something for everyone. Front Street Books, your local independent bookstore. 121 East Holland and Alpine. Don't forget your bookmarkers. They're free. Okay, we're back. So, Dr. Duclef, talk to us a little bit about reasonable behavior and how things might change based on, you know, if you're with a group of vaccinated people or not and um, what we should sort of expect out of those, like, location-based behavior. So, you know, I think 
once the holidays are over, the holidays are kind of this special time, right? Because we get together kind of multi-generationally. Mm-hmm. Which it seems to keep happening own. right around the times that we all want to gather. <laughs> I know. The variant, the first variant popped up at, you know, at Christmas last year. So it's very um, deja vu. But, um, but, you know, I think going forward, look, this thing is going to cause a lot of breakthrough infections. There's going to be a lot of cases. There's just no, no doubt. Um, but, you know, the, the hope is that they're going to be mild. And the hope is that, like I say, we can protect that vulnerable group. And so for me, it, you know, once I get away from my, my older mom, you know, it, I, I don't think we need to do much more than we're doing right now. But I think we are going to have more, more cases. And, um, you know, I, I, don't, I don't think that there's really anything that we're going to be able to do to stop this. I mean, there's talk, a paper just came out that it's probably – 40, 30, 40% more transmissible than Delta. Mm-hmm. So Delta is super transmissible, right? We're talking about like each person spreads it to six people. So this is some, you know, Omicron, each person's going to spread it to nine mm-hmm. people. There's also some talk that it's more spreadable in the air, so it hangs in the air longer. So, you know, it's, it's going to cause a lot of cases in schools. And I think we just have to be prepared for to have those cases, but realize that you know, almost all of them, especially in young kids, are going to be mild and they're going to, you know, recover, recover quickly. I think it really is. You, one should really think before they get into a room with 50 people. Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's like kind of somebody said once, you know, like your risk is really proportional to the number of people in the room. Sure. Um, and so during the holidays, you know, think about that. Like, think about keeping it smaller. Thinking, Think about maybe testing if you can with a, a rapid test before you spend a lot of time with a more vulnerable person. Um, and then ventilation. Ventilation is one of the best tools we have that I think is underused and under talked about, you know, be outside, open a window. Um, you know, in Alpine, we're so lucky it's warm during the day. Right. <laughs> like, right. The, the, the weather has been great for us to kind of stay outside a little longer than normal. Yeah, and I mean, we could also just take these precautions while this wave is going to move through. Because it is, I think, going to move through fast, and I th- I'm hoping it will be over pretty quickly. And then after it moves through, the population will be even better protected for the next wave. Sure. Um, so speaking of rapid tests, the, the president announced today the, that, um, that, he, that, they, that we're going to purchase half a billion at-home rapid tests to be delivered for free to Americans beginning in January. I know I have a a small stockpile at home just in case for testing, you know, should I want to be at an event with, you know, like you said, 50 people in a room. Um, And it seems like free, accurate, at-home rapid testing can make a big dent in the spread. What are your thoughts about testing at home? I think it's a really important tool. Um especially for getting kids back to school, right? Like, you know, being able to test and say, you know, they're negative after a certain amount of time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I don't think it's like 100%, right? And it's one of those things that, like, if you test um, negative on a rapid test tonight, that doesn't mean you're not infected tomorrow, sure. right? So it's something you want to do, like, right before you um, go to an event or something. Mm-hmm. You know, I just think it's kind of one of, I think we should have had more. I think that the Biden administration should have should have invested more into tests. Right. I wish we would have had this months ago. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You know, it's just one tool. I know when my, my, my sister's family 
you know, got exposed, it was really useful for her. She's a health worker and she could test each morning and, and, and make sure she was, you know, still negative. And so she could, that's the CDC guidelines for health workers. And so she could, she could keep working. Right. Um, so I think it's, I think it's a really in, important tool. Um, one of many that we have, right? <laughs> you know, and, and, and we should, and everyone should have access. They're expensive, right? You know, it's not something you can use every day. That's right. Um, so I'm, I'm glad that we're finally getting some, some for free, but it might, it's probably a little bit too little. Right. That's a, kind of my thought. It seems like a little, uh, too little, too late. Uh, and yeah. Especially in January. And especially if it moves as quickly as, you know, you're thinking and we're hoping that it does. Yeah. Right. Exactly. We should have had these like two weeks ago, right? Yeah. We we're all getting ready to travel. Right. So do you think that Omicron might have, might induce maybe a higher vaccination rate? So it looked like um, it is doing that, actually, that people, that it's definitely causing people to get a booster. You know, the booster is really your best shot at preventing an infection. Yeah. Without the booster, you still have protection against severe disease. But it looks like it caused a significant portion of the population to get a booster. And a little, it's made a little bit of a dent in that unvaccinated group. And that so, first shot. Yes, yes. Which is who you, we, you, we really need to vaccinate you know it's nice to get a booster and people should get a booster but to really prevent hospitalization and prevent this wave from being deadly it's 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 that group of people because you know even if you've had covid you know you will have some protection but getting a a vaccine will ensure that you're really protected because there can be a big variation in how much natural immunity a person has after um an infection right Hey, I, I'm all finished with my questions. Martin, did you have any questions? Uh, I do, Doctor. Uh, a quick question. So what are our chances of having another variant right after this one? So this is a great question. Yes, and it is. The, the first part of it is going to make you kind of sad, but the second part is good news. So <laughs> the thing is, is like the way these coronavirus, great coronaviruses work is they just keep making new variants. So they're really good at figuring out our immune system and then getting around it. So it's kind of like the flu, you know, how it comes every year mm-hmm. and we have to get a new vaccine. So coronavirus is going to keep doing that. And we're going to have one every six months, every year. But what's going to happen is over time, we're going to look more like that South African population or the Malawi population where we have, we all have this layer of immunity and protection. And eventually we will get to the point where we don't even notice when SARS-CoV-2 comes through. I mean, this is the hypothesis right now. And I, I, I do think we will get there. So there are actually four coronaviruses that spread seasonally every year, infect all everyone in Alpine, right. <laughs> all, everyone, and we don't even know they're there because they're su- such a mild illness. And eventually that is, I think, what will happen with, with um, COVID. So that's what they call it when it goes from p- a pandemic to being endemic, right? That's that's right. That's right. And I mean, with and the, and the thing with... Um, SARS-CoV-2 is, even in that endemic state, the idea is that it's going to be very mild. Hopefully, it'll be very mild. Sometimes, it, it might take a few years, I think, to get to the point where, you know, nobody notices it, but um, the hope is that it will be mi- mild in everyone. Dr. Duclef, thanks for coming. Oh, thank you for having me. It was fun. All right. Thank you, doctor. Okay. Bye. Bye. So, um, I'm going to take a sort of a little hiatus from the show and I will be back at the end of January. Um, Search Hear Me Out Alpine on Apple Podcasts and click on follow so you'll never miss a show. 
If you miss it live on Tuesdays, listen to the podcast, which is uploaded about an hour after the broadcast. If you don't use an Apple device, you can listen at hearmeoutalpine.substack.com. Subscribe there as well for my free newsletter. You can also email me at hearmeoutalpine at gmail.com. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, get vaccinated, and wear a mask when when necessary. Talk to you guys next year. Have yourself a merry 